You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey everybody, it's Sean, your regular host, and today I've got a fellow podcaster as a guest. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Steve? Hey everybody, I am Steve from A Play on Nerds. Uh, we've had Sean on our show once or twice or a few times. Something like that. Something like that, somewhere in that range. Uh, and we also talk about nerdy stuff. We're a little bit more, we'll, I'll say, pop culture Yeah. And I've, a little I've, bit more crude. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are not a family-friendly show, necessarily. <laughs> no, definitely definitely not. No. Uh, so you could do a play on nerds with German. We just recorded episode 125 yesterday, I think. Oh, nice. Look forward to that. Yeah. We're in it. You you put pr- produce a ton of stuff though. It's incredible. Uh, well, and we've been podcasting... like we can't do it at the rate you do it. Uh, but the same amount of time too, right? Five and a half years for you guys. Yeah, just about. Yeah, and that's what it is for uh, Rusted Robot. You just podcast. you just pump out content. It's incredible. We we do. We just did uh, episode two fifty three. Yeah, we can't do that. We don't have that. <laughs> we can't don't have that kind of coordination. Well, you guys also <laughs> live in separate towns, don't you? Yeah, we live across the country. He lives in Orlando, and I live in uh, San Jose, California. Oh, that's. Uh quite a big difference then but didn't you guys uh grow up together we did we crossed paths in florida sort of in the middle of of uh the many moves that i've done in my life uh but really what it was my parents because we'd moved so much my parents promised me that we would be in one place until i was done with high school did that happen and it and it was wherever the next place and it did and that was orlando Ah. And because of that, I kind of have uh, Orlando is kind of my unofficial hometown, even though I've lived so many places, um, because I spent really the chunk of my formative years there. Thank so you. Orlando has my childhood nostalgia wrapped up in it. I, I get say. that. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. You know what? This actually seems like a good idea for a topic. Why don't we talk about uh, moving as uh, children and as adults? <laughs> Man, how convenient this came up. That, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it was almost like it was planned or something. Oh, man. We're good. We are. All right. We must both do podcasts. <laughs> I think we must. And what was the name uh, of your see, podcast again? Uh, a Play on Nerds. And, and and where can people find that? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even know anymore. You're, whatever I, podcast aggregator you use, use it. We're on there. Uh, we're on iTunes. You can find us at aplayonnerds.com. Uh, we are on, oh, what is it? Is it Pandora that now has podcasts? Maybe. I haven't heard of that one. I don't know. There's some sort of big online service that just got podcasts. It's very exciting. Jerome's going to hate me for not knowing it. But we're on there now. Just search for us. You'll find us. That's right. And I listen to every episode. I, I consider you guys like uh, the-, the brother podcast to uh, Rusted Robot. We've, uh, we're-, we're always at, talking at about each other. At least close cousins. Cousins, yeah. Something like that. We're always talking about <laughs> each other, referencing each other on our different shows. 
You're those cousins in Canada we never get to see. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> Okay, so you uh, just had a birthday. I did. Yeah, I turned 33. Wow, how does that make you feel? I mean, not too bad. Well, that's good. That's you good. know. Yeah, I do. I'm not wrapped up in it. I'm not turning 40 yet, so I know that I know that'll probably be the one where I go, "Oh my god." Uh, and I'll do. buy the sports car. Mhm. And I'll blow Joyce's college fund. Yes. My wife is shaking her head, so <laughs> no, that's a no-go on that. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, but no, 33 is nothing. Yeah. I, I hear you. I remember that vaguely. So let's, let's talk about this. You, you grew up, where were you born? I was born, uh, in a little hospital outside of Williamsport, Pennsylvania. We were where my mom's family was from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't live there. We lived in a small town called Allentown. Ah, not too far away. Billy Joel wrote a song about it, uh, about how terrible of a town it is. Oh no. Uh, Allentown. Okay. Uh, Pennsylvania, and this is all central Pennsylvania, and I don't really know it because I was a, a wee one at the time. Right. Then we moved to another place called Muncie Valley, Pennsylvania, which is another middle of nowhere podunk. My parents described it as, you know, farm community. Ah, okay. Why'd you guys move so much? Uh, the reason is, is, so a lot of people, when I tell them I moved a lot, they assume military brat, but I was a preacher's kid. Oh. And uh, my mother is a United uh, ordained United Methodist minister. And uh, worked with the Central Pennsylvania Con- United Methodist Church at the time. And so the idea in the United Methodist Church is it's kind of a promotion thing where every three years you get rotated to a new position. That was, that was, uh... With the idea that each move will be to a larger, more prestigious church. And did that happen? Uh, yeah. And so my mom, every three years or every couple years, we kind of upended. Uh, and then... For Muncie Valley, we then moved to Staten Island, Pennsylvania, uh, Staten Island, New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is one of the suburbs of New York City. Right. It's the borough no one talks about. Yes, yes, you don't hear about that one too much. And we lived there during the early '90s, and it was like I don't have many memories of Staten Island, but most of them are scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like in, in multiple bikes stolen. Oh. Um, I remember. My my dad being very upset with me because I went out front and I picked picked up uh, this little tube and came in and told him it was like a potions thing because I was you know three or four. He got real mad because it was actually a crack vial. Oh no! That was that some that was just out on the walk. It was in front used. of the place. It was used and you just happened to find yeah, it. Yeah 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 yeah. Um, so I wasn't allowed to sweep the walk anymore after that. But that so that was cool. That was good at least. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, being like, so the this is the the story I always tell because, you know, when you're that young, I was only there from age four to maybe five or six. Okay. Um, is uh, so at our school there was it, I went to PS twenty. We had a song I still remember it to this day because we had to sing it every single day. Mm-hmm. Half of it was burnt down, and that part of the building was like walled off. Wow. We weren't allowed to go there, and we were in the other part of the building, <laughs> and. I remember that all of the bathroom doors, all the the stall doors, got removed at one point because a kid had locked himself in and hurt himself. Oh, okay. So you had to go so to the, the bathroom. So the school solution was they were just doing it prison style. So you're just down the oven, which as like a five-year-old is terrifying. Uh, yeah. So I have to go midday. I'm already living a nightmare at, age of, at the age of five. And then I hear someone come in and this kid comes up and goes, the white kid's pooping. And like runs out, and then all of a sudden there's like a crowd of black kids watching you. All like watching me poop. Oh, that's traumatizing. 
These are, I don't remember much, but what you remember is really the highlights, you know? Of course. Okay. It's really the parts that make you smile. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that. Hey, can you sing us the song? Or is that uh, a little bit too much? Uh, PS 2020 for me. Singing together right merrily, and now that we are together, happy we'll be, proud of public school 20. Well, that's that's pretty good that you can remember that all these years later. That's right. And then it just looped. There was like a little thing at the end, and then you just sang it over and over again until they told you to shut up. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so your your earliest memories are a fun song and being traumatized for pooping. Yeah. Yeah, Staten Island was a hell of a place. Heck of a place. You, you know, in, uh, in in five and a, some years of listening to you on the podcast, I didn't know that uh, your mom was a preacher. I oh, yeah. I make reference to it occasionally. Okay. Very occasionally. Yeah, I must have missed it. So, so yeah. So that was uh, – and then at that point, I think I had just turned six, and then we moved again mm-hmm. to, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is the capital of the state Pennsylvania in the oh, U.S. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the lesser-known capitals. No one cares. Okay. <laughs> uh, fun fact, it was the official capital of the U.S. for like five weeks at some point while they were deciding on where they were going to put the new capital. Oh, and you got to live there. I did. And how long were you there for? Uh, that was ages six until basically right as I turned ten. Okay, okay. And so then... we often moved in the summer, and my birthday is in July, and so... I was it. It was it's always like right as I was turning blank. Okay, so We'd all your birthday right bir- as I... birthday memories are memories of moving. Yeah, kind of. So not all of them, just every three years. Right. Okay, so you have a few <laughs> good birthdays, but uh, not a lot of them. Okay. Uh, did yeah. you find it hard to make friends? In Staten Island, absolutely. Uh, I was, I was one of in my class. It had to be twenty-five to thirty kids. I remember being very full. I was one of two white children. Wow. And so it's just you stuck out and you automatically became the out person. Of course. Um, Like I won't claim like reverse racism, but, you know, in that situation when you're five, it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm the I'm the odd man out. I'll go sit over here. And and you and the other white boy were friends or Uh, a white girl. And no, because it was also at the age where boys and girls weren't friends. Oh, wow. That's difficult. We're right. So even in that regard, there's even more division based off of your anxieties at the age of five, <laughs> additionally. So you probably uh, started to look forward to moving sometimes. Kind of, yeah. Okay, because I can kind of relate. Uh, I went to, I believe, six different public schools. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was not very easy. It was all within uh, Sault Ste. Marie, where I was born and raised, but uh, not not easy. All around town, different sp- Spots, different places. So you guys got redistricted or what? Uh, no, mom just moved a lot, always trying to improve our life and get us a better place okay. to live, different areas of town, and uh, it was never good. <laughs> so She was always hustling. She was trying, yeah. She was trying to make things better and uh, hard to make friends uh, because you never know what to expect or how long you're going to be there for. Do you have anybody from that era that you still uh, regard as a friend? Actually, yes. Uh, the last school that we ended up at uh, i was there for grades six seven and eight and i still know my buddy andrew so okay cool well, that's yeah. good so not horrible but uh that's funny the one person that i can pull from this time is also someone named andrew oh is that right <laughs> and it's only be it's only because he's my god brother and so ah. we had like some extra linkage right okay uh and so then you're now you're at this time you're 10 years old and where did you move to then 
So this is when we got to Florida. Okay. That's quite a bit of a ways away or? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, the, from the Northeast of the U S to the very Southern Southeast tip, basically. Okay. So far enough. The little thing that, that sticks out that looks like a little foot. Right. That's Florida. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we drove that and that was fun. Uh, and I kind of divide Florida into two parts because we had just gotten there and school starts early in Florida because, so I had very little summer break. Oh no. Um, cause I went from a place where it starts, uh, starts late to a place where it starts early. Rip off. Yeah. Got ripped off by like three or four weeks. Um, so we get there, I'm bummed because we just had to move and I get put into this school and then this is where I meet Jarman. Mm, okay. Is like me, him inviting like me to kind of his gang of people. And then for the first five weeks, our house wasn't ready. So we had to live an hour and a half away in a place called Lakeland. Oh, and travel every morning? Uh, and travel every morning. So my dad and I would get up at probably, we were out the door at like 445 probably. Ouch. To do the hour and a half drive into Orlando. Then he would drop me off with like an early morning care thing at the school mm-hmm. and then he would go and I'd do early morning care from like 6 a.m. until 8 when school started and then I would get released. I'd do afternoon care until he got there at like 4 and then we would drive from Orlando back to Lakeland. And this went on for just over a month? Five, five weeks, yeah. Wow. But really the, the, I look back at it because people were inviting me over inviting me to come do things and Jarman was inviting me over to his house after school and I couldn't do it. Oh no. During like that very first month when I already was like Fish on my water own. and yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember that, that first five weeks being like the worst five weeks ever. I, I can imagine. And you're 10 years old and you're in grade what? Five? Uh, five. Five. Okay. Okay. And until you meet, you meet Jarman, you meet all these other people. And then finally we moved to Orlando and then that's kind of the beginning of the wonder years. Okay. What happened? Uh, I got to stay in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go through fifth grade all the way through 12th. So our senior year of, of high school. Nice. Um, and, and I got to like, you know, be a kid and have friendships that lasted more than a year. That's That's important, especially at that age. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of where I think of like, as I said, my, my hometown, regardless of all the other places, because when I think back and smile, that's like, you know, that's the town I'm thinking of. That's right. That, and that's Orlando. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you were there till your 12th grade? Yes. And then what happened? Uh, so then my mother took a teaching job at a university out in Seattle. Uh, that was actually my senior year. So my senior year, my mom was basically in Seattle full time. And you were still in and, Orlando. Yeah. And me and my dad lived the bachelor life down in Orlando. Oh, and nice. I had no, I had no rules at all senior year. That must have been heaven for it you was, at that age. It was, it was optimal. It was I, real good. I bet. Uh, my dad and I had a deal where I just, I needed, I needed to let him know where I was by 11. Okay, that's decent. At night. Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're what, 17? If 18? that wasn't home, uh, 17, yeah. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, I kept my grades up. I had gotten one detention ever in all of high school. I wasn't a problem kid. They knew my friends. They knew who I ran around with. We're all just nerds and geeks and people like Jarman. Yeah, weren't you guys theater nerds? <laughs> yeah, we were theater nerds. We had late rehearsals and cast parties and cast events and stuff. And we that just wasn't 
and and even so, German not say German and I were straight laced, uh, but German and I actually internally, and I'm not, he probably would remember this and wouldn't mind me sharing. Um, we made a deal with each other that like we weren't going to be drunken idiots in high school. Oh, and so him and I decided that we weren't going to drink until we graduated. Mm-hmm. And that happened. Yeah, we both kind of shook on it. We did make an exception senior year. It was homecoming, and um, our buddy Kai, his cousin, was going to get us booze and had offered. And Jeremy and I said, no, we probably shouldn't. And then we both agreed, like, look, this is senior year. We've been very good about this. As long as we have, like, a nice controlled situation, we know who's going to be here. Why not? And we said, why not? And so sure enough, we gave her money to buy us booze. And you got plastered? Not plastered. As plastered as you can get on Smirnoff Ices and Mike's Hard Lemonades. Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. you, you know, I, I think I had six or seven, and I felt buzzy, but, like, six or seven spirit off ices is nothing. <laughs> no, no, not too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, all it is is a hangover the next day. Yeah, sweet buzz, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the one time we made an exception to the rule and went for it. Well, you can always have one exception or two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We held each other accountable. There but because go. of that, we also, we were trying to clean up the theater department as well, mm-hmm. which had a bad reputation at the time. So... We also fought that and made sure that it cast parties there wasn't drinking and and that none of that stuff was going on. Right. Okay. We didn't want that in our theater department. No, no. You you guys were like the uh, the old men. German was the president. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Our senior year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's and, right. And he he went on to become a voice actor and a podcaster. Yeah, and he got his communications degree from Boston University. And where did you go to university? I ended up going to Seattle because uh, my mom, the university she was at, was small and conservative and Christian, mm-hmm. and she liked the small and Christian part, uh, and I got a crazy discount going there because she taught there, oh, yes. and I took a look, and they had they had a very good technical theater program, like a very good, very mm-hmm. distinguished technical theater program. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of aligned, and so I ended up going to the university my mom taught at. So that was the first big move for you in about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. That was That was the big one. Okay. And that one was that one was difficult for a different reason. So the summer after my senior year, I, my parents moved to Seattle early to set up the house, and I stayed and worked at a camp in Florida okay. for for eight or for nine or ten weeks, something like that, the whole summer. And so about four weeks in, I get a call from my parents, say, "Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay?" And they say, "So don't freak out, but we need you to make a list of everything that we moved." Oh. That was yours. And I say, what's going on? And so they say, well, we don't know much. There was a fire. Oh, no. We've been told everything's gone. So now we need to make a list of everything for the insurance. Well, that's got to be so, traumatizing. So I started making lists of clothes and books. And I had a, I had a very distinguished hat collection at oh, one point okay. in my adolescence. Nice. Uh, so just making lists of those because some of those were expensive. And then having to submit this like 22-page list to insurance claims to get approved or denied. Did you get approved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we got – so they, they cut us the deal that they cut everybody, <clears throat> which is depreciated value versus replacement. Mm-hmm. They, you say, well, I had 20 dress shirts. They say, okay, well, each one of those dress shirts is over a year old, so we will give you 40% of its value in cash, or you can go out and buy 20 dress shirts, and we'll reimburse you for all of them. Wow, Okay. So it's taking minimum cash or or going out replacing. So I remember we went out. We went on these crazy spending sprees. Uh, I would too. <laughs> which for my dad and I was like not normal. My dad, you have to like force us to get clothing. So we went on these abnormal like seven eight thousand dollars spending sprees 
to replace all these things we had to claim. It was incredible. Did you get more hats? No, I did not. We decided to take cash on the hats. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) So yeah, so that, so moving to Seattle was very much a, like a very wipe of the slate. Like I came with nothing. Right. And that's uh, also what, uh, diagonally right across the country. Oh yeah. That's 3000 miles away from Florida. Yeah. That's quite a, the great Pacific Northwest, they call it. Oh yeah. Right. Yes. Right in the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Okay. And how was Seattle? Did you like it there? Seattle was great. Seattle was college and me kind of coming into my own and gaining independence and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> Even though I lived close to home, I lived in my parents' basement for a chunk of it, and campus was literally two blocks from my parents' place. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I had free laundry all through college. It was nice. It, it was a good setup. It sounds like it. How deep? DragonCon 2019 is fast approaching, so fill up your buckets of rum and keep up with the latest news announcements, interviews, and mispronunciations of guest names as only the Con Report podcast crew can make. Let us be your guide each month as we count down to the big event on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite media player. Listen to the Dragon Con Con Report. It's almost as good as being there, but without the long lines, smelly gamers, and hangovers. But yeah, so then Seattle... Uh, my parents decided they want to move back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where my dad grew up. Right. So uh, right after I graduated from college, like three weeks later, they move. And I had met my my now wife at the time, Anna Marie, so I decided I'm going to stay in Seattle. Of course. Uh, so I spent two, two and a half years there just like slumming it and scraping by. Uh, I graduated in the great hiring freeze of 2008. Oh, ouch. That's not good. We're right. There was just no work to be had. I worked at Blockbuster and then took side gigs doing professional improv. Whatever you had to uh, do. For a theater troupe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I smoked way too much weed. I basically lived like a transient. Like, essentially, that's, you know, I had yeah. a roof over my head, but, I, you know. But you were, you were scraping uh, by. Yeah, I was making $7 an hour at Blockbuster. Ouch. Which was yeah. not doing well. No, <laughs> as no. it turns out, after you graduated, right? Yes, yeah, I was ride blockbuster right at the fall of Rome. Oh yeah, yeah, good. good so I was good there, two thousand eight to two thousand ten. I closed down two stores. Like it was, it was good times. Sounds like great times. <laughs> oh yeah. So then, it just got too expensive to live in Seattle. There was no work. It was kind of crazy. Um, and so I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and moved in with my family there. And what happened to Anna Marie? Anna stayed, uh, she, she got a really sweet job over the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we both agreed that like she needed to stay and save up and so then you, move out. So you did the long distance thing for how long? For four months, something like that. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. No, no, no. Like three and a half. Yeah. It was, it was just a summer. Okay. That's decent. Uh, then she came out and joined me, and uh, my brother at the time broke up with his like long-term girlfriend of 14 years or something <laughs> uh, and moved back in. So suddenly, my brother and I are living at home. <laughs> I brought a fiancé with me, and we started figuring out how the hell we're going to get out of there. Uh, I would too, yes, because that's, uh, that's too much. Yeah, eight months was enough. Um, so at that point... We save up and scratch together. He saves up and scratches together, and we move to Brooklyn, New York. That's uh, why, why there. Uh, my brother was in love with the city. He loved New York City. 
that's he always says that's like where the work is, but really he was working for a doctor in Miami at the time, so he could have been anywhere. Like he could have been working anywhere. So really it was just his preference to be in the city. Okay. So you and your brother and your now wife all moved to New York. Yeah, she was still fiance at the time. We got married three or four months after we got there. Okay. So yeah, and then we got so lucky on an apartment. Uh, like you ever see those unrealistic apartments in in movies or TV shows when someone goes like, "There's no way they could afford that." Like the apartments on Friends. Yes, we kind of got one of those apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a old textile factory that they had taken the textile floors and just blocked them up into these big hunkin' apartments. Oh, that must have been amazing. Uh, we got in. My it, the apartment didn't even go on the market. Because uh, my brother knew the pre- prior tenant who hooked us up with the landlord. It was like the perfect situation. Uh, and so we had our, our great place in Brooklyn for a year and a half or so, I think. Nice. Okay. Uh, but then my brother met his now wife uh, and said, all right, you guys got to get out. So then, we no. moved down to, then we moved down to South Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, which was fun and was my wife and I's first like just us place. And how was that? How did you guys get along? Oh, good. We got cats. That was fun mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, and we lived there for uh, two years, something like that. Uh, but it was a good little place. Uh, it was literally a basement that was cut out. Uh, we were right next to the boiler room. Because we were in the basement, there were support posts for the house that came down all through our apartment. So because of that, like, we couldn't have a couch. Oh, no. Because there was no spot big enough to have a couch where there wasn't like a support beam. Oh, jeez. Okay. So I hope you got cheap rent at least. Oh, yeah. Really good. Uh, And that's sort of the magic of New York. Most of the buildings are so old that they cannot be individually metered. So because of that, landlords are forced to, like, roll it into your rent. Ah, perfect. So, yeah. So we had, like, heating, cooling, trash, water, power, and the place for 1000 a month. And that's how long ago? Uh, This would have been uh, nine years ago. Okay. Okay, I think that's pretty decent, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's just one of those magic little places you can only find in New York. Okay. You get lucky, you find a landlord who just wants good people who are going to pay their rent on time. Because that's hard to find. (laughs) It can be, yes. Mm -hmm. That's true. But yeah, so Brooklyn was a magic place. uh, And then through work, I got the job out here in sunny California. Mm -hmm. And we uh, packed up our lives into 17 boxes. 17, okay. And shipped them. And did they all arrive? Yes, including no uh, my wife, my wife's guitar in one piece. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, but And so we did a major a major slim and then just went for it. And it's all worked out so well. Yeah, we've been here for three and a half years, something like that. My daughter's coming up on three, so almost that's, four then. That's true, that's true. And you work at uh, one of the top companies in the world? I work, yes, I work uh, at a big tech company. You can listen to our podcast and figure out who it is. That's right. It was a big secret for a long time. Uh, <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I always guessed and I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. But uh, yeah, and then you said it one day. I'm like, yeah, figured. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so yeah, and no moves on the horizon here, at least not anytime soon. But yeah, but yeah, in my, so in my life I've moved, I don't know, 10 times to a dozen different cities, okay. something like that. That's... Uh... That's pretty decent because uh, it sounds like you have me beat. Well, I've been in Timmins for what 16 years, and I think I've lived at nine different places here, just here alone in the last 16 years. True, and that's hard to qualify the difference between you know moving, moving where you're going to uproot your life and like 
take it somewhere else, and then and then oh, I've got to find a new place. Well, that that's true because uh, I moved from Sault Ste. Marie to North Bay, and then from North Bay up here to Timmins. So two major moves, but all kinds of little ones in between. Oh yeah, but you like where you're at now? Uh, you know what? It's a, it's a decent place, and I don't want to leave for twenty years at least because I'm I'm so tired of moving. Fair, yeah, man. Boxes get so tiring. Yeah, and uh, of course I'm a collector, so I've got all kinds of stuff in totes that I've never had a chance to take out because I knew I'd be going again, right? So why bother? Right. Well, now you just got to get some display cases sold now. Well, that's what I'm working on right now. I'm uh, currently building a shelf, so. Uh, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so things are coming along finally. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's our. That was a crazy big moving talk. Yes, it was. That's totally unexpected, yeah. but uh, we learned a lot about you and uh, a bit about your, your history. And uh, what would you say you've learned from all this moving? All this moving is don't don't be afraid to get use it as an opportunity to decide what really matters to you. Don't feel like you have to keep everything. Use it as a time to say, is this something that I want to have with me forever? It's a good chance to uh, minimize your collection and your uh, your belongings. Yes, yeah. I will never get rid of any of my Muppet stuff ever until I die. That's right, because you're a huge Muppet collector, aren't you? They're gonna not. Not a huge Muppet collector, but I the things I do have are things that I like and things that I think are cool and unique. And I don't biggest... collect I don't collect everything with a, a Muppet face on it. I don't collect all the lunchboxes. I've got a hand a handful of well picked pieces. Oh, okay, well, I thought you had more than that, but I know you're like one of the top fans in the United States. I think you've said <laughs> I was the the best at trivia or like top ten in trivia at some point in the U.S. Okay, that's what it was. Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you and German just did a uh, what a two year uh, look at all the Star Trek and all the Muppet movies. Oh man, that was that took way longer than I thought it was going to. Yes, took two years to get through all of them, and we finally concluded until there's a new Star Trek and or Muppet film. Yes, and I learned way more than I ever knew about uh, the Muppets. Uh, didn't learn anything. Or about wanted Star Trek, to know about but, the Muppets, or, or or wanted to. You know, I, I always liked Kermit. I had uh, I had Muppet wallpaper on my uh, bedroom wall when I was a kid. So, and then I got called in as an expert on one of your podcasts to correct some smug guy. Yes, my co-host Josh, who thinks he knows everything. That's true. He just challenged the wrong nerd this time. That's all. <laughs> yeah. He just made a mistake, and that's yeah. okay. That that was a pretty uh, <laughs> pretty fun back and forth there for a while. Oh man. Uh, that was good. Well, if you ever need someone to put him in his place again, you let me know. I always need someone to put him in his place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's plug your podcast and any of your social media stuff if you pe- want people to follow you at all. Uh, a play on nerds on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, a play on nerds.com. We're on I can't remember Pandora or something. Spotify. It's, Spotify. We're on Spotify. That's the one. We're on that one. You can find us everywhere. There is no excuse not to find us. If you see us on the street, throw a rock at us. We'd be happy to talk to you. That's right. Yes. And uh, I, I can vouch for Steve right here. He's got an excellent podcast. It's one of my favorites. I make sure I listen to it as soon as it comes out. Any uh, any Twitter or something that you're on personally? Uh, no, I don't really do the social media myself. German does most of it for the podcast. Okay, that's fair enough then. All right, Steve, thanks for uh, coming on to the Soul Forge podcast. This will be out uh, in a few weeks. Uh, of course, as our listeners are listening to it, they're hearing it live now. But uh, <laughs> until then, listeners, take care. Uh, remember to follow us on all of the different places. And remember, pick your battles. Nope, that's too many battles. Put some battles back. Pick fewer battles. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge podcast. 
Find us on Twitter at SoulForgePod or email the show via SoulForgePodcast at gmail.com. SoulForge is a production of Sean Vanderloo and Friends. You can find Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Remember to visit SoulForgePodcast.com for all of our social media links and share the show with everyone you know. Thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.